Africa, home to the most unique people in the world. A place that connects us through our customs, traditions, and even belief itself. Join Mukundi Mudao in Tribal Pursuit, a series that ventures deep into Africa to discover the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Join the conversation every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Hi FM, this is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. It is Wednesday, the 10th of August 2022, time is 5 minutes past 10. And if you've been listening to Hi FM on every Wednesday at 10 o'clock, then you would know it is time for Travel Pursuit, the time, the show where we go into Africa and we discover Jewish communities, hidden and known, and we learn more about them. I also play you great music and I give you an Africa update, which will be happening in the next 5-10 minutes. I hope you're having fun, I hope you're okay, and I will be your friend for the next hour. We will have fun. We have some great music. I have some Tebe, some Sonne Jobatea. I have a really good playlist today. I'm actually proud of it. Your friend Mukundi Mudao is on air and you are about to have fun i'll tell you where we're going a bit a bit later i just wanted to say hello i don't want to start you off with music and you're like how where's my friend you know <laughs> so i want to i want to say hello this is tribal pursuit with mukundi mudao venturing deep into africa to discover the who how and why of the beautiful people that identify as jewish I room not to pillar, I room not to groover. That was Groover's Prayer by Tebe. Oh my god. What a song. Very groovy, very clubby, very disco. I love the fact that we got the squite artists that actually took the time to make a disco song and it is great. <laughs> so I also love the fact that us South, South Africans have taken the term groove and we've made it synonymous with party. Sure, you gotta get your groove. But that's the thing. We don't say groove. Groove is groove. Then there's groove. If you ask your friend, hey, where are you going? I'm going to groove. Just know we're going to party. So that was the groover's prayer. The groover's prayer. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. 1013, 101.9, Hi FM. This is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend, Mukundi Mudao. I guess you're wondering, who am I talking about today? I'm talking about, and two, the Beth Yasharoon. They are a Jewish community in Cameroon. Yosharoon, Cameroon. I see what they did there. But they are a Jewish community in Cameroon. I'll be speaking to their leader, Rabbi Serge Etele, in a few minutes. Well, 20 minutes. Let me not lie. <laughs> uh, later, later on in the show. You should stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. If you have any questions that you might have for him or if you have any questions you have for me, feel free to send them through. 06, uh, 0615. Wait, wait. I got this. I need the numbers. I thought I had the numbers. 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram line. On air at highfm.com is how you can email me. And at highfm is how you tweet me. So the Beth Yasharoon community, and this is something I'm reading off of their website because I feel this is a great description of them. Beth Yasharoon is a warm, dynamic, joyous, friendly, and welcoming Jewish community located in Cameroon, Central Africa. With its main synagogue in a little town called Sa'ah which is about one hour by car from Yaounde, the capital city, and other synagogues in Yaounde, Garua, Douala, isolated and self-taught for more than 10 years. We finally got our isolation broken thanks to Kulanu, an organization that supports isolated and emerging and returning Jewish groups all over the world. If you know Kulanu, then you know I talked to Rabbi Bonita Sussman about two weeks ago, and she was telling us everything we needed to know about how they interact with these different Jewish communities. 
back to back to the Beth Yeshua. Two two Kulanu volunteers. <laughs> Would you look at that? Rabbi Gerald and Rabbi Ned Bonita Sussman. Remember Bonita Sussman, once again, friend of the show, of the Synagogue Temple Emmanuel of New York, visited us for the first time during the t- summer of twenty ten. Today we are dedicated to more engaged Torah observance for, to the love of Israel, the homeland of the Israelites, and we try to develop and maintain a spiritually vibrant and mutually supportive community. Ha, who said I can't read? So that's the Beth Yosheru, and we're going to talk to their leader in about 15, 20 minutes. You should stay tuned for that, Rabbi Serge Tele. It's going to be fun, but that is not what we're doing now. Right now, I'm giving you my African update where I tell you what's happening around Africa. Well, two things. I'll tell you about animals, and I'll tell you about news. But today, it's bad, it's not bad news. It's just news that I thought was very important because... The Kenyan elections are going on right now And one side note I really love the fact that The Kenyan election is actually including The Maasai tribesmen Which is really big on their part Because they're now getting involved In actually doing everything In the country They're not not allowed to vote But they're actually interacting with the government because what they usually do is what they just sit on the side and they sell their livestock and it's been really tough on them it's been tough for everybody but kenya is africa's biggest economy in the east east africa's biggest economy and they've been struggling and famine they they rely on they rely on selling their cattle and everything and the famine has just been killing their industry and their business unfortunately so i love the fact that they're also getting some input into this and they are also just gonna get helped so i wanted to introduce you to the four people that are actually vying for president the four men that are vying and racing to be the next president of kenya number one raila odinga he's the former prime minister how old is he 77 I always love the fact that the president has to be old. No matter what country, the president has to be old. And then we have your Emmanuel Macron and your Vladimir Zelensky. But that's a story for another day. He is the son of Kenya's first vice president, Jamarogi Jaramogi Oginga Odinga. Ha! People's names rhymes, Oginga Odinga. Has, he has the backing of his former rival, President Kenyatta. And his, this is his fifth attempt at the presidency. He's a mechanical engineer who studied in Germany, and he plans to restructure the, nation, the nation's commercial debt to ease the burden of repayments, which take up more than half of Kenya's tax collections every year. He has promised to transfer 6,000 shillings, which is about $50 every month, to poor households, which is more of a grant. That's what I'm getting. Same thing South Africa, we get our 350s, or people get their 350s. Well, number two, William Ruto. He's 55. That's fairly young in the president game, eh? Ruto calls himself a, calls himself a hustler, touting his rags to riches story. The deputy president who says he used to sell live chickens on the side of a highway now owns one of the biggest poultry farms in the country. His business empire includes hospitality and real estate. He entered politics in his, in his 20s as a campaigner for former President Daniel Moy and later secured a seat in the National Assembly in 1997. Ruta backed Kenyatta during his first presidential run in 2002, where he lost to an opposition coalition headed by Mwai Kibaki, who was backed by Odinga. See how everything just comes back full circle. Candidate number three, David Waiga Mwaure. Lawyer and a pastor Mawura is, 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 this is a sixth attempt At a political office and says he's vying for presidency To return what he says Is a legal wealth of 125 billion dollars 
stashed overseas. He also pledged loans and grants to help women and the youth start and run small enterprises. His administration would employ clergy at registered churches and mosques as alternative dispute resolution officers to ease a backlog in the nation's judiciary. The clergyman ran for a Senate seat in 2017 but lost. In the prior election, he vied to be a governor, governor, but I guess he also lost that. So, our last candidate for the day. Candidate number four, George... Okay. Okay, these people are going to have to get their names right. Oh, at least I'm going to have to. George Wajakoya. He's a law professor. Wajakoya is pledging to legalize industrial marijuana, boost snake farming, and export dog meat and hyena testicles. (laughs) What? Exports of the unconventional products will help Kenya repay its entire debt, he says. Wow, there's a market that I didn't know was was booming. (laughs) Export dog meat and hyena testicles. What? Okay boost snake farming. The ex-cop also plans to shut the Chinese-built and funded $5 billion standard gauge railway that links the capital of Nairobi with the port of Mombasa, saying it is a symbol of Chinese colonization. Yeah. Okay. So those are the four people running for president in Kenya. I just thought you should know. By the way, you should, you should check up on the Kenyan elections. They're almost wrapped up now. George Wajakoya, he's a law professor. We got David Wahiga Mwaure, he's a lawyer and a pastor. We got William Ruto, he's the deputy president. And we have who I think is the favorite, Raila Odinga. So, on to my favorite people, the animals. Remember a few weeks ago, well, my first show actually, the first episode of Tribal Pursuit, I talked about the elephants and I told you that they're planning to move hundreds of elephants from one park in Malawi to the other. Well, like a good friend, Mukundi's back, and I did not leave you in. Wait, I did not leave you hanging. I did not leave you stranded. So, over the last month, 263 elephants were relocated from Niwanda National Park to Kasungu National Park, both in Malawi. And I asked, how are they going to do this? This seems like such a heavy task. <laughs> Pun intended. This seems like such a heavy task. And how are they going to move hundreds of elephants from one park to the other? Listen to this. As the ground team gets in place, the pilot maneuvers the plane to herd the four elephants to an open area, descending low enough to allow the experts on board to fire tranquilizer darts at the elephants. It'll take less than eight minutes for the, for the sedative to take effect. As soon as the animals are down, the ground team starts taking measurements, collaring and labeling the elephants before tying ropes to their feet, hooking them to a crane and lifting the elephants into trucks. There we go. Now you know. And this is so they can make their 350-kilometer journey from one park, which is the Rwanda Park, to the Kasungu National Park. I just thought you'd want to know that our our friends, the elephants, are doing okay. They are being moved. No elephants were harmed in the making of this production and in the telling of the story. I hope you enjoyed. That was what I had to tell you. That's what's happening in Africa in quite longer than I thought, seven minutes or more or less song number two i'm very excited for this song this is a song by shasha she's from zimbabwe but she spends most of her time in south africa so i guess that's why she sings in zulu this is emma zuluini on 101.9 high fm tribal pursuit i'm your dear friend mukundi mudao enjoy this is tribal pursuit with mukundi mudao venturing deep into africa to discover the who how and why of the beautiful people that identify this is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Well, I tell you something cool or smart, usually both, 
and I hope it changes your life, <laughs> or I hope it changes your day at least. Today I'm telling you, do not look where you fell, look where you slipped. Once again, do not look where you fell, look where you slipped. Now it's time for the meaning. Once again, I'm reading this because I'm not smart enough to say anything that makes this much sense. The two look similar but are different, in fact. Where we fall and we... Wait, the two look similar but are different. In fact, where we fall and we slipped, we are usually not in the same place. Slipping precedes the fall. Slipping is the cause of the fall and the fall is the consequence. This proves that you should not look at your mistake, rather look at what caused the mistake. And when you know what caused you to make that mistake, then you can prevent the same or similar mistake. Learn, because when you know better, you will or can do better. Happening again? Yeah. Wait, what? Okay, there we go. That's the end. That's the end. Because you know better, you will learn and you will do better. Isn't that beautiful? Do not look where you fell, but look where you slipped. I love that. That is the wisdom I had to give you today. That is our African proverb of the day. I hope it changes your life. I hope it changes your day at least. And you will take it with you from this day forth. 1028. Do not go anywhere. I promised you that I'll give you an interview with Rabbi Sergi Teller of the Beth Yosherun community. If you have any questions for him, please send them through. 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram line. You can email me on air at highfm.com or you can just tweet us on Twitter at highfm. Do not go anywhere. Sit back, relax. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with Rabbi Sergi Teller straight after this. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Trouble Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. Class is in session, and I have a friend of the show today, Rabbi Serge Etele from the Cameroonian Jewish community, otherwise known as Beth Yosharun. Am I saying that right, Rabbi? Yes. Ah, yes, thank you. How are you this morning? I'm good, and nice to speak to you. Thank you. It's very nice to speak to you, too. So, before we get anywhere, I'd read about your community just that you re realize that your community and the people living there have customs and practices similar to Judaism, and then the more you learned and studied the Bible the more you realize that we're actually, you guys are actually Jewish and that's how you started the community. But could you just give me a history of your community from when it started to where you are now? Yes, first, thank you for inviting me to this program. And uh, as you said, uh, I am the rabbi of uh, Bet Yeshurun, but actually I'm still a student rabbi. I study in Israel but I already lead my congregation. So our story, we started uh, more than 20 years ago. Hmm. First, we were a, a Christian congregation, evangelical, of more than 1,000 people. And uh, we started reading the Bible more Closely, and then we realized that most of the custom that are described in what we call Old Testament in the Bible, mm. 
were more similar to our original customs in Cameroon. Like me, I'm from the, the, what we call here, Eton tribe, which is a group inside the Betty group. And, uh, normally we are all Bantu. And our original customs are very similar to what we saw in the Old Testament. So we started questioning the Bible because Christianity has another philosophy. They teach that we should not follow our customs. And uh, this was seemed or seemed to us uh, conflictual. So we decided that if these customs that we already follow in as uh, Eton or Bantu, they are rooted in the Bible. So why other people can tell us that it's not good, it's not fine to follow them? And then we just we decided to go back to the Old Testament. And this is how the the Jewish community started. It was in 1998. And then we have been staying online, uh, also rabbinical Judaism, so that uh, now we, we follow rabbinical Judaism. And I hear you say all these customs. What are some of the customs and practices that you're people already did that you noticed are similar to Judaism? Yeah, some of the customs, for example, we have uh, circumcision. Mm. Circumcision is practiced here by almost everyone who is from our tribe and uh, like also the Basa tribe, all the tribes that are inside the, the large group, the large group that we call here Betty. They practice circumcision. Uh, Some of them, they even practice circumcision at the eighth day, like in the in the Torah. And other customs are dietary laws. The way we eat is very similar to the way described in the Old Testament. We there are many animals that we didn't eat even before being Christians. And uh, also, you have uh, customs like the the family purity. When a a, a woman is uh, in her period, the, she keeps uh, some kinds of distance distanciation and everything. So we also have purifications inside rivers which is uh, very similar to the the customs of going to mikveh yes oh. in judaism so these are some of the similarities that we later discovered because before discovering the rabbinic judaism we already were doing all of this not as Christian, but as uh, Betty, Eton, Basar, and everything.
And are you the one that conducts these rituals that have to be done, like mikvahs and circumcisions? Are you the one that does them, or are there certain people in the community? Okay, for the for the mikveh, everyone goes to mikveh by himself. Uh, I don't need to conduct. But for the the tashrut, for example, how to sell out the meat? Yes, I'm the one because uh, I also learned in Israel how to do it, how to do shechita, mm-hmm. and uh, yes. For circumcision, I'm not the one. We have uh, this is done by specialists like uh, doctors. Yes, we invite uh, people that have skills uh, that have skills in this, and then we all we only do the, the ritual part, and he does the circumcision. Mm. And how many people are in your community right now? Right now, about two hundred people, if we in all the country, because we don't live all in the same place. Mm-hmm. There are some people in different cities: Douala, Yaoundé, Sa, Garwa, and other places. So altogether, we can we can say that we, there are two hundred people in the congregation. Oh, okay. I just wanted to go back to the fact that you were a Christian community before you became Jewish or before you identified as Jewish. How did the rest of the Christian community look at you when you decided to take up Judaism? This was quite difficult, the transition, because, you know, the the Christian philosophy is very different from the Jewish one. In Christianity, they, they teach that we should no more follow the law of Moses because we have now to follow the law of Jesus. And then when you go back to Judaism, Christians, they see it as if you are lost. If you are losing your your soul, and uh, so at the beginning it was not uh, easy because even inside the community we had uh, people uh, like uh, kids or spouses, and their spouse remained Christian, so it made many conflict between the the both of them, but with the time and also because now people are more educating themselves with internet and also we have Jewish media, so they, they have come to see that uh, maybe they are wrong because they have been taught that uh, Judaism is a, a curse but now they, they are able to see that it's not true because the Jewish persons, they succeed in almost everything they do. This is a blessing. And they are able to see that Israel 
a very a very young country has become one of the 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 most powerful country in the world mm. and so i can see that they have uh, their judgment they have improved their judgment about judaism and today many christians including uh, leaders of congregations in christianity they come to us they want to study they want to to learn and then this is a very big change that has occurred in 20 years this is mostly due to communication because what when someone doesn't know something so he can have he can build his own ideas but if he knows then it's better so one of our work is also educating people about Judaism and this is it's getting us more known and also more accepted amongst the Christians mm. and how is it being the leader of such a young and still fairly small community and especially since you are still learning yourself how is it leading and teaching people while you are still learning as well it's not easy not easy at all in the beginning it was very challenging because mm. i had to to learn everything by myself mm. but fortunately I was able to go to Yeshiva so uh, I went to Yeshiva in 2014 uh, in Israel so now it's it's more easy because also the community is is more known is more the we have more uh, relationships with other other communities around the world, Western communities, and also communities in in Africa. Mm. So the work is more easy now because you feel connected to a large network, a strong network. Mm. But there are still challenges. There are many challenges. Uh, due to the environment, because we live in an environment where there is poverty, mm. uh, when where uh, education there is a lack of inf- infrastructure for education, mm. and even a lack of material. We need to get material. Sometimes we, we can buy from uh, America or Europe. But it's not always easy. Sometimes also there are people who can bring from Israel, they bring some materials to us or descend. And so these are the main challenges in infrastructure, materials, and uh, the, the, the fact that we are still isolated in some, in some way. Mm. 
This is Travel Pursuit on 101.9 High FM. I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao and I'm talking to Rabbi Serge Etele of the Beth Yosharun. They're a Jewish community found in Cameroon and we are having fun. Do not go anywhere. We will be back straight after this. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao. Venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Travel Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. We have Rabbi Sergei Taylor today. He's the leader of the Beth Yosharun community in Cameroon. So, Rabbi Serge, I hear you talk about your interaction with other, you get help from other Jewish community, other organizations and countries. So I would assume interaction with them has been great, but I, I just want to hear from you. How has your interaction been with other Jewish country, with other Jewish organizations in and out of the country? We, we found some organizations very helpful, like, uh, Lanu. Lanu is a Jewish organization based in New York and they support isolated and emerging Jewish communities so they have been very helpful to us they opened many doors to us and uh, my first trip inside the Jewish world they organized it it was in America where I visited many synagogues and many Jewish institutions and this was a very great experience for me. So after this, I've met also different groups like the, the institution that is called Torah Orston in Israel. It's the yeshiva, the yeshiva where I study. Right. Also, they've been very helpful to us. In general, the the relationship with the uh, with other Jewish people around the world and the, and the organizations that we had the chance to meet have been has been quite good. Mm. And how has your in- interaction with Israel been? With Israel, we do not have uh, official interaction. We interact with people there, with uh, some uh, institutions, but we do not have uh, interaction with the, the state of Israel yet. Here in Cameroon, for example, the first time I had to go to Israel, it was very difficult for me to get a visa. I don't know why, mm. but uh, in the end, uh, with the help of uh, some friends in Israel who called the embassy here in Cameroon, I was able to get a visa, and since then I've been able to travel forth and back between uh, Cameroon and Israel. We do not have official relationship with the, with Israel now. No, I see. Is this because, like the Igbo Jewish community and the Lemba community, your tribe is not recognized as Jewish by Israel? Could that be why? Uh, 
First, I think it's part of the problem. We are not yet recognized officially as a Jewish community. So we have no official status uh, for Israel. But we are supported by many organizations that try to make us recognize to bring more recognition to us. But me personally, as a person, I, since I'm, I've been converted to Judaism, if I want to make Aliyah, of course I can make Aliyah, but this is not my, my main preoccupation now. Mm. Now I have to, to build my community, mm. so this is my main preoccupation right now and how many members of your community have been converted i'm the only one for now because i was able to travel many times but we are in discussion with uh, some persons that are planning to help with conversions this can be done either by bringing people to Israel or America mm. and then they get conversions there or we can also bring here in Cameroon we can bring a back din like in Uganda or recently in Madagascar or Cote d'Ivoire mm. so these are the options we have now I see, I see. I have a question, but it's not really about your tribe. It's just another Jewish community in Cameroon that I see you've had some interaction with. Can you please tell me a bit more about the Bassa tribe of Cameroon? Yes, the Bassa tribe is a, a tribe inside the Betty group mm. and they claim to have a Hebrew connections. Now, I have heard many stories, but the, one of the story is that they did not leave Egypt when Moses came to free the Israelites. Mm. They did not leave Egypt and they, they, they remained there in Egypt until they heard that Pharaoh and his army uh, had been destroyed, and then they feared that the Egyptians would make a kind of revenge on them. Mm. And then they, this is the, the time they decided to leave, and they went another way. They traveled across the Nile, and then uh, they continued traveling until they reached Cameroon. But they say some of them remained in different places. Mm. But those of Cameroon, they traveled until they reached Cameroon here. They say they, they had a sign that was guiding them. It was like a mountain they had in front of them. And uh, when the mountain decided to settle, 
they also stopped traveling at that place. And that mountain is, we went there to visit with uh, an Israeli friend to visit that mountain, which is, for them, it's a, a sacred mountain. So that's uh, one of the stories that they, they tell about the Bassa, the Bassa tribe. But they, their customs are really like the Israeli customs. Mm. They used to have all of the customs that uh, are described in the Old Testament, and they could not have learned them from the from religion, from modern religion, because they had no connection with Jewish people. So that's the story. I see. My final question is, looking at how far your community has come from 20 years ago to now, how does that make you feel and what is your vision or your, or where do you hope to see the community 10, 20 years from now again? My hope is that we build uh, institutions for to serve our community, our members, because we have children and they need a good education and uh, they need to be educated in Judaism also. Mm. So I hope that we can build institutions like synagogues and also schools, schools mm. where our children can get a good and Jewish education. And uh, also, I I hope we can get more developed economically, mm. so that people can sustain them themselves more easily. In fact, I wish to build a vibrant and successful Jewish communities. So, with the help of God. In 10 years, maybe we'll have our own schools, our own uh, synagogues that we built, mm. and also other institutions and infrastructures. So you don't have any synagogues built right now? Right now, no, we don't have uh, any synagogue. We use private homes as uh, synagogues. Also, oh, you use private homes for gathering and and everything. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Well, unfortunately, that seems to be all the time we have. Rabbi Serge Itele of the Beth Yosharun Jewish Community in Cameroon, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day and speak to me today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this program. Thank you. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning, 10.57, meaning we are nearing the end of our program, unfortunately. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rabbi Serge Taylor of the Beth Yosharun in Cameroon. I love saying that, the Beth Yosharun in Cameroon. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, learned a lot more, learned, uh, yeah, learned a lot more about the Beth Yosharun, and you are now interested in them. 
If you didn't get if you didn't get to hear the whole conversation or if you just want to listen to it again because you love your friend Mukundu that much, feel free to do so. The podcast will be up on the High FM website later today and you can just have fun. Listen to other episodes too and you will not regret it. 10:59 on this Wednesday, the 10th of August 2022, which unfortunately means we are out of time. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to thank Craig the man in the studio for pressing all these buttons. Give me a thumbs up cuz he's a man of few words. And I will be with you in seven short days. I hope you're excited to know where we're going. I'm ho- I'm excited to be here with you. So, I hope you enjoy the last 59 minutes. And for the rest of your day, this was another brilliant edition of Travel Pursuit from your friend Mukundi Mudao and Craig in the studio. As always, until next time, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>